wave, elbow, whatever you want. All right, good morning, church. We're excited. Uh, excited to see what Pastor Joel's got for us this morning. We've got a few announcements as we get um, into this time of the message. So first, uh, tomorrow starts our 21 days of prayer. Um, yeah, three people are excited. Let's try that again. 21 days of prayer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be here from Monday through Friday uh, from 6.15 to 7 a.m. Uh, and so it's going to be just a great time. I did it last year. And it really helped me start the year off right with the Lord, but also learned a lot um, just about my prayer life. And we, we'll have prayer guides if maybe you're unsure of what to do. And so it's just a great time of growing closer to the Lord, but also coming together um, and praying as a church community. Um, we've also got Next Steps coming up February 12th, your next opportunity. If you're not familiar with Next Steps, it's your on-ramp to all things Four Corners. Uh, so if you're kind of, uh, if you want to know more about the church, if you want to know how you can get involved, this is a great opportunity. Me and my wife did this and really helped us learn more about everything kind of going on, but also where we can serve and where we can uh, use the gifts that God has given us. And so that was a great opportunity. Small groups starts February 5th. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is awesome. Okay, we'll have a list of small groups uh, that you're interested in. And what the awesome thing is, is, you know, you learn about the Bible, you learn about um, other people. But at the end of the day, you know, this is for community. Okay, the church is to connect people with each other and everybody walk with each other in relationship with the Lord. And so this is a great opportunity to do that. And last is baptism at the end of January, January 29th. If you're interested in taking your next step in following the Lord, uh, we'll have an opportunity for you to do that. All right, everybody ready to hear a word this morning? All right, let's do it. Pastor? <laughs> Thank you, Zach. Hey, uh, I did want to I did want to mention this. Zach mentioned prayer guides. Uh, I did a uh, we started last week, January one, New Year's Day. Uh, we did a, a message on prayer as a one off. It wasn't part of a series, but it is uh, an introduction to just the season that we're in as a church. So um, there are some different uh, prayer models that I mentioned in that message. But we have a, a a guide for you if if you think that that would be helpful for you. It's helpful for me. It's been helpful for a lot of our leaders. Um, and if you can be a part of 21 Days of Prayer, whether you are here in the mornings or not, you can grab one of these. I know a lot of you guys, some of y'all, your day starts super early, even before 6.15, before we're in here in prayer. And so um, if you want to grab one of those prayer guides and you can go along with us, it, it's, a, it's an opportunity just to, um, to learn the language of prayer. And so um, it doesn't matter, unlike as... As, as you get older as a person, you go, well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good with the language that I speak. I'm, or maybe some of you are like, I'm not too good with the language that I speak. Maybe you're, you get a little bit more. However, when it comes to prayer, we're always learning in that language. And so I want to I wanna do everything I can here while you guys are a part of Four Corners to give you every tool and resource that you could possibly use to accept the invitation that Jesus already has for you, and that is to draw close to him. And so uh, prayer guides are one of those opportunities. So, hey, we're going to dig into uh, the, the text this morning. Our passage is found in Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 13. I'm going to go ahead and read it, and then we'll dig into the message this morning. John the Baptist speaks in Matthew chapter 3, and he says, Now I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I 
whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable, unquenchable fire. Then, verse 13, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Why do you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do, proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. He saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. We are one week into a new year. Think, think back to last year, okay? <clears throat> Shouldn't be too difficult, all right? So we're about a week in, and uh, ask, yourself, ask yourself this question. Did, did last year meet my expectations? Last year meet my expectations. Did, did what I expect to happen, did it, did it happen? Or were there some things that happened that kind of have you saying this week, oh, man, I'm glad that's over. I'm glad 22 is over. Come on, 23. Anybody in here? You just, look, you, you, don't, you don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to confess. Just in your heart, you're just thinking, 22 is over. On to 23. Thank God it's done. I know. There's some of y'all that are in there that are there. Others of you are saying this. I need 22 to carry over into 23. Last year was the greatest year. All right? And there's a, there's a mix in here. What about this year? What are you expecting this year? What, what do you expect to happen this year? Maybe, uh, maybe some of you guys are in here, you're expecting to graduate. Um, maybe you're in here, you are, uh, maybe it's a job change. Uh, maybe it's a national championship, I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a, a birth of a child or the, the next step in a relationship, you know. Uh, maybe, uh, or maybe it's, maybe it's something else. Maybe you're expecting a, uh, a tragedy. Maybe... In the back of your head, you know, you know, this is, this is the year, and you have this sense of impending doom, you know, this, this is the year. And so you don't even know what this is, you just know it, it's coming. What, what about from God? What are your ex- expectations from God? What is your ex- expectation from God this year? Is, is God a part of your year? How, how are you... How are you expecting God? What, what, what can you expect from God? On the, on, the, on the expecting God spectrum, all right, where, where, where are you? Where, where are you on the expecting God spectrum? So, so for some of you, on, on one side of the spectrum, is, 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 there's nothing. It, it's nothing. On the other side is everything. And I think um, all of us kind of follow, we fall somewhere into this spectrum of, what, where do I expect God? Maybe for some of you, it, your, your phrase of your God expectation for this year is just, uh, I, I'm alone. I'm alone. I, I expect nothing. I've, you know, you're not really sure how much God is really involved at all. And so even the question of expecting God seems kind of foreign to you. This, this is, I don't, I'm, 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 I'm just by myself. Or maybe you're a little bit further up and, and so your thought is, I'm, I'm mostly on my own. So God, God, God's probably there, but I'm mostly on my own. So you expect just a little bit. Maybe at one time you had certain expectations, and the year came and went, and 
the circumstance came and went, and you feel you were left in the cold, and so your expectations are pretty low. Maybe you, it's, you know, maybe at some point you'll get a front row parking space somewhere. You're pulling in. You're like, okay, well, that, that was my, okay, thank you. Thank, thank you, Lord. You know, the, the big man upstairs is looking out for you. Or maybe, maybe you're going to find a dollar on the ground. Like, if I can just find a dollar on the ground, you know, I just, my expectations are, here's I'm all alone, and then here's I'm basically on my own, just one level up. Maybe, maybe your phrase is really important stuff. I'm expecting God for the really important. You expect God to help you out with something. So you have a need, and, and you expect God for the really important stuff because it matters, because it's a really big deal. Now, I don't know about all the little things, but the big things, he's going to be there. Or maybe, maybe you're one of those who thinks every single moment, all the time, God is somehow involved. And your expectation is all the time. You just expect him to be there. And so for the next few weeks, what I want to do is I want to talk about expecting God this year. I want to talk about expecting God. I want to look at the expectations that people had of God in, in the scriptures. And then how much it lined up, really, when Jesus showed up and revealed himself. What were the expectations, and then what did it, what did it look like? What can I really expect from God? What can I expect from God? And so this morning, I want to talk about a surprising God. Everybody say a surprising God. A surprising God. It's safe to say that when Jesus shows up to be baptized by John, that John the Baptist was surprised. Like he was, he was shocked. It's safe to say that he was, he was in, a, in a moment of shock. I want you to imagine going to a concert, in a, in a big concert hall or arena, your favorite band, all right, or maybe it's your favorite band of, of this year. Maybe it's your favorite band of 20 years ago. I don't know, all right? So think, what's, I want you to imagine you're, you're about to go into the concert. You walk in. It's this huge concert hall. The place is packed. Everybody is excited. The room is buzzing. You can feel the energy in the room, and you have to listen to a few openers just to kind of get the, the, the audience ready. Anybody ever been to, anybody, has anybody ever been to a concert before? You raise, okay, all right, some, yes, you've been to concerts, you rockers. I know what kind of church I got here. All right, so imagine you're in there, you're, you're working your way through a few openers, and finally the last band is about to leave. The, the concert manager, he comes out, and he, everybody knows what the next band sounds like. The headliner's about to come out, or at least they know what it's supposed to sound like. The people are excited. The music's going to be huge. The arena's going to explode with excitement. There's going to be lights and smoke and, and, and fire, all right? This is the kind of concert you're at where there's fire, all right? And then the artist comes out. He looks a little different than what you expected, what you remembered. Uh, he's just carrying a guitar and uh, starts playing. It's kind of quiet. There's this hush in the room and... He's really good, but it's, it's just really different. And finally, he starts to close out this opener song, and then the entire band starts up as if out of nowhere, and they all start to play together with a new version of the music, but that you've been expecting all along. And it's different, but it's phenomenal. It's amazing. Now, listen to John the Baptist, the concert manager, getting everyone excited. The beginning of this passage, he comes out and he says, 
He's coming. He's more powerful than me. He's about to show up. There's going to be wind. There's going to be fire. He's going to sort all of this stuff out. He's going to clean up all of this mess. John the Baptist has whipped everyone into this frenzy. And then out comes Jesus, the headliner. John the Baptist has prepared the way. And here's Jesus. But instead of bringing judgment and fire at this moment, He seems to be identifying with all the people in need of repentance and then 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 asking to be baptized as well. And so John the Baptist is horrified. He's shocked. Where are we? This isn't what I had prepared for. And in case you had thought it was just John the Baptist that was surprised, it wasn't. He was just the first. He was just the first that was there. The only Jesus we've met so far is sweet in, 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 in the book of Matthew is sweet little baby Jesus. We fast forward to chapter 3. This is the only, this is the only Jesus we know. The one that a couple weeks ago we were celebrating the nativity and we were, we were look, oh, no crying he makes, sweet, oh, holy night, sweet nights, and all the nights. And Jesus is here and we're just crying. And it's, okay. And Jesus shows up. It's the only one that we know so far. And the first glimpse we get of adult Jesus is shocking. It's shocking. He just he he keeps going from there. He surprises his family, Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph had this little 12-year-old Jesus. Later on, we read in another gospel, he's supposed to be with the family, and they can't find him anywhere. Who knows where he is? He's been gone for days. All right? Anybody ever had a 12-year-old? It's been gone for a little while. All right? He's been gone for days. They finally find him. He's at church. They go, what are you doing at church? And he goes, what do you mean, what am I doing? This is where I'm supposed to be. This is, I'm supposed to be about my father's business. And you're just like, what have we gotten ourselves into? And they didn't even do it. It was God that did it. They didn't even get themselves into it. They just kind of accepted the role. He teaches, Jesus goes on and teaches his disciples, goodbye, his disciples who really aren't the, the best and the brightest. He, he invites them to be a part. The people are expecting this Messiah, this warlord to come in. The religious leaders seem to be expecting some robotic religious teacher that just drops out of the sky. And Jesus won't fit into anybody's mind. He just refuses to adapt to expectations. His entire ministry is full of surprises. Later on, we get this other picture. In case, you, in case you think that it was, you know, once Jesus' ministry is over and he's gone and then he's gone back to heaven that we now can settle in and think, oh, okay, I, I, okay I, I get it. He died on the cross. He rose again. I got Jesus figured out. The surprises are over. In case you're in that, in that camp, the surprises are over. Later on, Simon Peter, one of the, my favorite disciples, loudmouth Simon Peter, is uh, out there. He's being an apostle to the Jews when he receives this vision, this dream. In the dream, he's sitting, he was in prayer, so he's doing good. He was on top of this person's house on the roof praying during, during one of the prayer times. And he has this vision of this tablecloth coming down from heaven, and there's food on it he's not supposed to eat because he was Jewish. And the, the voice from heaven says, all right, Peter, I want you to get up, I want you to kill this food, and then I want you to eat it. And he goes, no way. I've never done that before, and I never will. And so the tablecloth kind of... Uh, goes back into the sky, and then it comes back down by its four corners again. Three times this happened. Tablecloth goes down, let down by its four corners, <clears throat> where we get our name, all right? 
and then it comes back up. And so Peter's in shock. He's trying to figure out what's going on. What am I supposed to do with this? What am I supposed to do with this vision? What am I supposed to do with this picture? And then somebody comes to the door and they go, hey, there's a guy named Cornelius and, and, and he's invited you to his house. You're supposed to come over and tell them whatever's going on in your life. Cornelius needs to know about it because he saw an angel too. All right. So it's just, it's just this frenzy of God activity. Simon Peter shows up to Cornelius' house and um, he, he, he walks in, he tells the people, he's like, look, I'm not even supposed to be here. You guys aren't Jews. I'm sent to the Jews, and I'm not even supposed to be here, and here I am. And, but how do, how do you argue with a dream from God? So he shows up and sees that the Holy Spirit has descended on these people, just like he did in the upper room with the disciples. Everything's the same. He saw it. He couldn't deny it. And so this is what he says. This is uh, Simon Peter's response. Acts chapter 10, verse 34, it says, Then Simon Peter began to speak. He says, I now realize, he's still a little bit of shock, how true it is that God does not show favoritism. So it took multiple dreams and visions and angelic visitations for us to begin to get it into our mind that God actually doesn't have favorites. All right, so this is where Simon Peter is. I realize he doesn't show favoritism, but accepts every nation, the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message. So they, they already knew the message. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, not to you, Gentile, to the people of Israel. <laughs> Announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism John preached. So then he goes through and he begins to tell the story of Jesus, all that they know. Skip down to verse 42. It says, he commanded us to preach to the people and testify. He's the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. Verse 43, all the prophets testify about him that, here's the word, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And so here's both John the Baptist and Simon Peter being told by Jesus to do something, and their first response to the Lord is, no, surely not. Sure, these are two type A leaders, all right? Any type A leaders in the room? Don't raise your hand. They don't, they're, they're, they're not, they're fine with taking an instruction from the Lord, but everybody else, uh, all right? And here they are. John the Baptist's first response is, surely not. Simon Peter's first response, surely not. Have you ever argued with God before? Have you ever got an argument with God before? I, I, I don't know how that sits with your theology, how you think about God and who he is, I find great comfort in knowing that God will allow a little bit of back and forth while I try to wrap my head around a situation. That he's not so small as to be taken aback by my uh, confusion or my misunderstanding or maybe my own sin. None of that changes him. But he sits back and he waits a minute. And so if you follow Jesus for very long at all, you're going to come across some things you're just not going to want to do. The simple command to love your enemies and bless those who curse you is probably enough to make some of you scream. It is for me. So it's, it's, there's a lot there. And so we tend to have some, some typical responses to God's commands. Whether you've whether you consider yourself as a close follower of Jesus or not, 
we do tend to have a lot of similar responses. So we, we, we have some tempting responses to God's command. One of them is, to, is just to ignore it. When you feel like God's shared something with you or told you to do something or something you read in the scriptures, you look at it and you go, well, I just, I, 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 I didn't read that. I didn't hear that. I didn't see that. Simon Peter could have said, okay, 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 I see this vision. This is, I, I see it happen, but that doesn't mean that. That's not what that means. Or maybe a typical response is, is, to, is, to, is to fight it. All right, you hear something you don't want to do or to change or to respond to, and it's just a, just a fight. John the Baptist could have looked at Jesus and said, no, no. That's what Jonah did. You remember Jonah and the whale? Jonah literally told God no. He was sent to Nineveh to go share the word, and he said no. And he went the other way to Tarshish. It's like, some, it's like the Lord telling you, I want you to go to Nashville, and you're like, okay, cool, and you go to the beach. That's, the, that's what just happened. All right, Jonah says no, and then he puts his feet to action and goes the other way. He goes, some of us, another response is just to, just to quit. Okay, God, if this is the way you're going to do things, I'm out. I'm not going to be a part of this. If you follow Jesus long enough, you're going to have some opportunities for this one. Sometimes it takes us a while to wrap our heads around what Jesus is asking. Here's the big one. Really what all of these, um, all of these boil down to is, is control. John could have, John the Baptist could have looked at Jesus and said, no, 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 you're, you're, <laughs> you're missing the point. I, I, don't, I don't think you understand. I think, you're, I think you're missing the point. You're supposed to bring fire. I, just told, I literally just told everybody a couple verses before, Jesus, you didn't read that. I told everybody you were bringing fire and brimstone. And now you're telling me that, that I'm going to baptize you. I don't, I don't understand. I'm not going to baptize you. What kind of message would this send? Peter could have said the same thing. Well, congratulations, Cornelius and your whole house. You all get to hear the gospel, but this is a one-off. Don't tell your friends, okay? Just keep that to yourself. Which, by the way, if Simon Peter had said that to control the narrative and not share it, most of us in the room would not ever have heard the gospel. This is, this is the, the opening, the avenue from which so many of us have been able to hear the gospel. But he, he, he didn't try to control it. And so if you follow Jesus long enough, he's going to interrupt your day and your year with some surprises. And the challenge is to relinquish control. The greatest seasons of growth, the greatest seasons of growth occur when we release control and we allow God to be God. Just allow God to be God. That's really the posture that we're to have in our relationship with Jesus. The, the, the greatest posture you can have in following the Lord is one, with, is one with open hands, just like this. Okay, whatever you put in my hand, God, you can take back out. Whatever you bring into my life, I'm going to welcome. God, I, I, this, this is my approach to you and what you have for me. It's open hands. The trouble is, if you follow Jesus, he, he wants to be the one leading. He, he wants to be the one setting the pace. However, culture has a different message. The message that culture brings is the one that you and I need to be in control. You need to stay in control. We, we have more ability to control our own environment than we ever have in the history of the world. We, we've never been in more control. We love it because we think it will provide the peace that we so long for in our minds. And so we, we, we have these curated 
bubbles created just by the smallest movements of our fingertips as we scroll through on our phones. And this is, we have this controlled environment in front of us. We're told that we can be anything we want, we can have anything we want, we can know anything that we want. But if control produced peace, then why do we have the most anxious culture in the history of the world? If that's what control produced. If you could curate a controlled environment in such a way that every single thing that you want could be around you and at your fingertips, which, by the way, is the message of culture that it sends to all of us, why is it that here in the West, specifically the States, that our anxiety is through the roof? I feel like there's a, I feel like there's a different message here. We love to be in control, but there's really only one thing you can be sure of this year. Are you ready? You can be sure that you're going to be surprised. At some point, you're going to be surprised. You're going to read a headline. You're going to get a phone call. You're going to get called into the office, whether it's the principal or the boss, all right? <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be surprised. And so what I want to do this morning real quick is just I want to list a couple surprises that you can actually expect this year. And, and, and that way, it might not be just so surprising, okay? So um, this past week, uh, I went to uh, Little Rosie's for breakfast. Anybody ever been to Little Rosie's? Okay. It's delicious. Anybody ever been to Little Rosie's for breakfast? Okay, it's, it's delicious. The only thing with Little Rosie's is this. You guys ever been to a restaurant where they give you a buzzer? Like you order and then they go, here's your buzzer. When the buzzer goes off, you then can go get your food, okay? Do y'all eat out at all? Do y'all go out to eat at all? Do y'all just eat at home? Okay, I get it. It's expensive. No, I mean, I, I know. Y'all probably all eat at home. I probably should too, you know. So uh, I go to Little Rosie's and it's kind of holiday uh time. My, my kids are out of school. This is Monday, maybe. And so I'm going to take the kids to breakfast. And so we go to Little Rosie's. It's delicious. They give us the buzzer. But here's the only thing with the buzzer at Little Rosie's. It is the most terrifying buzzer you've ever been given. It is shockingly loud. Okay. And every time it goes, you don't know it's going to go off. That's the whole point of the buzzer. It's off until it's on. So what I did was I got this buzzer. and I said, look, buzzer, I've been fooled by you enough. <clears throat> and so I took the buzzer, and I put it at the table, and we all sat down, and I sat there, and I said, here's the deal. Guys, y'all know how this buzzer gets me every time. I said, what we're going to do is we're going to wait and stare at this buzzer until it goes off, and that way we're going to know that it's not going to surprise us, and they were just rolling their eyes like they normally do, and so they go, okay, and so here we are. The place is jamming, by the way. I don't know what happened. I guess it was a holiday or whatever. It's bre- The place is packed. And here we are, this little weirdo table in the booth, sitting like this. Nobody's talking. We're just staring at the booth, waiting on the buzzer to go off. All right, there's four of us because Lindsay has to work. You know, somebody's got to do a job. All right, and so we're sitting there, and I'm ready for it, but it's silent. You ever, you ever, been, you ever been ready for something, and you're waiting on it, and it just you get worked up even more? All right, that's almost where I was. Finally, it goes off. I do, the, no, none of the kids jump. They, they, were, they were prepared for it. I do, I'll be honest, I give a little bit of jolt or whatever. But I was, I was, I was prepared for it. I was, I was waiting on it. And so I, this is the picture that I want you to have. I'm going to give you guys a couple things that you can, that you can expect this year. A couple things you can expect this year. And then, and then what, do I, what do I do when those are there? So 
Here's some God surprises you can expect in 2023. Expecting God, we're going to expect a surprise in God. The first one is this, is God's nearness. God's nearness. This is the, this is the shock of Jesus' baptism, that, that the Messiah would identify with our need to be made new. Jesus, don't misunderstand, did not have to be baptized. He didn't need to be baptized if it had to do with the forgiveness of sins and showing a renewed, restored, redeemed life. He's perfect. He was perfect, had been perfect, all and, and, and always has been perfect and forever will be perfect. It, it, it wasn't necessary to show the identification of going into death the sin of our life, the sin man or sin woman, going down into the water and then coming back out and being a new creation in Christ. It, it, he didn't need to do that. that, that is the, that's, that's why John was so shocked. But there's a, there's a message in that. He identified with us in that moment. One reason he did was to just reveal his nearness to us. This is God in human flesh, here. So, how do, how do I expect God's nearness this year? How do I expect God's nearness this year? And the answer is this. You look for him in the least likely places. In the least likely places. You get ready because you know the surprise is coming. You're staring at that buzzer of life. But you're looking for Jesus at the same time in the least likely places because that's where he is. That's where he is. Where, where, where is the least likely place to find Jesus in your life? I, I, I can't answer that. I can't answer it for my life. You have to answer it for your life. Is it, is, it a, is it a broken relationship that you have? Is that the least likely place that you could ever expect to find Jesus? Is he, I mean, is he going to show up in that? Is it, a, is it at work? Some of y'all are like, no. Jesus will never show up at my work. I guarantee you. How, what is that invitation there? Or is it is it in your um, is it in your in your own anger? Is it in your own anxiety? Is it in your boredom? Is it in your addiction? Is it in the brokennesses? of your life, can you expect to find God's nearness and his invitation to come near to him even in those spaces? Could God be waiting on you to invite him into the least likely places of your life this year? Could that be the invitation? Could that be the invitation? Can we really find God in all the corners of our life? In other words, is he a Sunday-only God or is he also a Monday morning God? So one of the reasons we keep these open is so if, if you get bored listening to me, you can watch the cars go by. No. One of the reasons we keep this open is because I want our, I want our focus and our mindset to constantly be, this message is for me. God's love is for me. His grace is for me and his calling is for me. But it's not only for me. It's not only for me. Y'all hear the sirens going? Y'all hear that? It's not only for me. It's not only for you. We got, we, 
There's a world out there that needs to know that there's a God in heaven who actually decided to come to earth in the form of human flesh and identify with us even in our own desperate need. He, he didn't need, we needed. That, that's what you can expect. So is there an invitation for you from God into every area of your life this year or just a couple? Is it just a few? And my challenge to you would be this. It actually is in the very area that you probably think that God doesn't want to visit. But he does. God is everywhere. All the time. All the time. And there's nothing you can do outside of giving him just a stiff arm and rejecting like this that would keep him from intervening and being a part. The second thing is this. What, what can I expect from this surprising God? What, what can I expect? The second one is God's goodness. Can I really expect God's goodness this year? Can I, can I expect God to be good? The answer is yes. So in, uh, not in Matthew, but in John, the Gospel of John, there's a story in John chapter 4 of uh, there's a woman at a well. She's drawing water in the middle of the day. And, and nobody goes to draw water in the middle of the day unless you go to draw water uh, and, and you don't want anybody to see you. And so she had a reputation around the city and everybody knew who she was and what she had done. And so Jesus is, shows up at the well and um, he's sitting there and the woman at the well is sitting across and she's drawing water and she has this deep, deep need in her soul. And so Jesus sits across and he asks for her to draw water for him. Will you, will you get some water for me? Well, she's shocked. She's in shock. First off, that it's a guy talking to her. Secondly, she's a Samaritan. Um, thirdly, it's, it's who she was. Like her, her reputation, well, how in the world could you be talking to me? So she starts to have this distracting conversation, and Jesus just keeps bringing it all the way back, all the way back. He's, she's arguing in her own way. And finally, Jesus says this. He says, here's the deal. If you only knew who it was that was sitting across from you, and the gift that God has for you, then you would ask me for water, not just regular water, but living water, and I would give it to you, and you'd live forever. If you knew who it was and the gift that God has for you, that same message is the same message for you today and for me today. You, you can never exasperate and go to the end of God's loving kindness and his goodness. You can't expect God's goodness. What that doesn't mean is it doesn't mean that because God is good, then he'll do whatever you want. If, if you've heard that this morning, it's the opposite of what I've been saying. That God doesn't do what he wants, uh, what, what, everything that we want. He doesn't come around and we go, well, God, I would like this. I'd like this. Here's my list here. Here's my list here. Here's all that. That's, that's, not, that's not the relationship. Does God answer prayer? We're, we're about to pray for 21 days here in the mornings for God to hear our prayers. Yes, absolutely God hears prayers. But at the same time, his goodness doesn't mean just because he checkmarks a box for you. His goodness is who he is. And you can count 
on his goodness in every area of your life, even in the circumstances where it's difficult to find him. And in 2023, there will be some of those. I'm not going to be, for as long as you're here and a part of this church, Four Corners Church, I'm not going to be the guy that stands up here that tries to paint this broad brush as if all of the challenges of life don't exist. Follow Jesus and he'll make your wildest dreams come true. That, that isn't, I think that's Pedro's promise in, in, um, in the, the, what's the name of that movie? Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Somebody felt guilty for saying that. They were like, it's, it's Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. He's trying to get voted in as president or something. I don't even remember. Vote for me and I'll make all your wildest dreams come true. Can I tell you something? That's, that's Pedro's promise. That's not God's promise. You don't have to vote for God. He reigns, man. He's in charge. Like, he's already there. But he has this invitation to come be with him and be a part. And, and you don't have to convince him to be good. He's good. It's in his nature. It's in his name. You can expect God's nearness, and you can expect God's goodness. The third one is this. You can expect God's power. You can expect God's power. We read it earlier in Psalm 29. He, he breaks the cedars. He his voice twists the oaks. The psalmist here says there's nothing more powerful. There's this awesome picture in the very last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. John is painting a picture of the, the power of God compared to the weakness of the devil. And that's what Revelation is, and he's, he's painting this incredible picture. And so the passage is in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, and it says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, that's the devil, who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. And they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. There's, there's nothing more impactful to those closest to you than the story of what Jesus has done in your own life. There's nothing more powerful, life-changing, world-changing, universe-changing than the blood of Christ and what was spilled on Calvary and what we are able to have access to today. And there's also nothing more powerful than your story that you have as to what God's done and is doing. It doesn't have to be extravagant. In fact, some of the some of the best kind, some of the best kind of stories are when normal people with normal stories tell their other normal people about the extraordinary love of God that they've experienced. That's, it's some, that's some of the best kind. That testimony, that story. But the best way to see God's power this year is to talk about God's power in your own life. And the more you talk about what God is doing, then the more you'll notice what he is doing and what he's going to do. It's, it, it's, it's, a, it, it's a catch. It's, it's like an exercise, and it's, it's an exercise in preparing to be surprised. That's your, that's your exercise in preparing to be surprised. It's, it's staring at the buzzer saying, God is going to surprise us. Just wait. It's coming. And how does, how does he surprise us? He's... You don't feel his nearness, but he's there. And you hang in there, and you'll experience it. 
you don't, you don't see at the moment God's goodness, but you hang in there, it'll be revealed because it's who he is. You don't see in the moment God's power, but you hang in there because God is all-powerful. He can do anything. You, you, you sit there and you place that buzzer, the expectation of a surprising God. Because this is who he is. You, you put that buzzer in the middle of your life and you go, I'm, I'm going to sit there and stare at it. I'm going to wait on you, God. I'm going to wait on you to surprise me because it's who you are. It's who you are. I want to pray for you this morning as we close out. If you would, if you close your eyes. God's got a message for so many of us in this room this morning. It's a message for today. It's also a message for this year. It's a message for this year. What can? What are my expectations of God? Maybe you're thinking about that whole spectrum from the very beginning when I first started talking. My expectation is not very much. It's not very much. Or maybe your expectation is it's a lot. But find yourself on that spectrum. Maybe you're in here and as you hear the message about a surprising God, your thoughts are less about how exciting that is how exciting this year is going to be. Instead, it's more about how scary that is. It's actually a fearful thing. And so if you're honest this morning, the thought of a surprising God, is it's, it's a fearful thought for you, whether it's from experiences that you've had in the past or just maybe it's just thoughts of what that means. The result is the same. The result is fear. And so your prayer this morning is really more about trust. You're just saying this. You're just saying, Joel, will you pray for me that I learn to simply trust God more? I, I, I need a new picture in my mind of who God is. I need a new picture in my mind of who God is. Will you pray for me that I, that, that I have a true God experience this year? If that's you, nobody's looking around. It's just me and the Holy Spirit as a confession of where you are right now. If that's your prayer, you say, I'm, I, the, the expecting God thought is a fearful one for me. I, I need more. I just need to learn to trust God more. And I, if that's you, would you just raise your hand real high and then you can put it back down. Yeah. Yes, yes. Or maybe you're in here, your prayer is more, maybe it's more about fear for the year in front of you. Maybe you're in here and you, you'd say something more about the fear of the future this year. You're just, you're just not sure of the surprises this year has. And so your prayer today is, God, give me courage to see that you're bigger than my circumstances. That's your prayer. God, you're bigger than my circumstances. If that's you, would you just raise your hand real high? Yes, yes, yes. God's got courage for you. Yes, God's got courage for you. God's got wisdom for you. He has his Holy Spirit for you. Lastly is this. Maybe, maybe, there, maybe there's somebody in here. You've heard the message. You've, you've heard the message and you've realized just the grip of the need to control. That, that, that the, the need to, of the grip of control that, that that's taken on you. Just to control your own life. Every, every little detail. I, 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 I've got to be in control. I've got to know what tomorrow, what's going to happen tomorrow. I've got to be. You realize that in your own life. And so your prayer this morning is very simple. I just need to release control of my own life and surrender the trust to Jesus. I'm releasing control and surrendering to Jesus. I want to entrust my life to Jesus today. If that's you, would you just raise your hand real high? I want to pray for you. Can you put it back down? Yes, yes. Surrender control. Yes. 
God, this morning your word is a gift. God, my, my prayer is the same that you said at the, to the woman at the well when you said, if you only knew who it was that sits across from you and the gift that God has. God, you're a good God who gives good gifts. And so my prayer this morning is for all of those who lifted their hand that are in need, for all of those that didn't raise their hand that are in need, God, I pray that you would in turn give them a renewed picture of who you are, that we would actually know who it is that sits across from us that invites us into relationship. And God, the gifts that you have for us, your nearness, your goodness, God, your power, your redemption, your restoration, your forgiveness. God, we, we want to receive those this morning. So I pray for those specifically today that, that lifted their hand. God, I pray that you would release the fear, let it roll off of them like, like water on a duck's back, just rolling off. And instead, God, that you would fill them with the courage and the wisdom that you promised. God, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. God, those that are entrusting their life to you today fully, that are committing again, it's, a, it's, a, it's another commitment. So many of us make that commitment on a daily basis. Another commitment, I entrust my life to you despite my circumstances, I entrust it to you again. Lord, I pray that you would fill them with your promised Holy Spirit. Lord, we receive your grace for today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was a good word. It was a good morning. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, it's a story outside, but it really does fill my heart with, with joy to be with you, to worship with you, and to hear God's word, and to be able to apply that. Um, so thank you for coming. If it's your first time with us here at Four Corners Church, welcome. We're glad you are with us as well. In each of the chairs, there are worship guides and connection cards inside of them. If you want to take a moment and fill one out, we'd love the opportunity just to, to reach out and thank you for being with us promise I won't show up at your house or anything. I just want a chance to write you a note. Um, and you can drop those off in the drop box before you exit the room. There's also a couple of uh, additional ways that anybody in here can reach out, um, especially about, we talked about baptism, next steps class, uh, serving opportunities, groups, all that stuff you can also indicate on the card. Uh, and prayer requests can be placed on the back side. I did want to also uh, remind and mention about these prayer guides. They are available at the information desk on the way uh, out, out in the foyer, so you can grab one of those. But children also have their own special prayer guides. Our elementary group is handing those out to kids today. So parents, if your child comes with one, it's a little bit lighter in color. That's specifically designed for them. Uh, if you have a grandchild or you have um, a child that's not here today or somebody in the neighborhood, we have plenty of kids' ones, so take one. It is, hey, it is so much easier to start when you're young, the discipline of prayer and learning prayer. Some of you who came to faith later in life, uh, yay, but don't you wish you had it when you were young? You could learn early, and so um, those are specially designed for them. So grab one for your child as well. And um, sit with them and do it. We actually had, um, I promise I'm almost done. We actually had uh, some adults who grabbed kids devotional last year because it was, it was simplified. Not that this is difficult for adults, but uh, it's actually pretty cool. And sometimes it's good to just have faith like a child and learn like a child. So anyway, grab a kid's one, grab an adult one. Don't care. We've got plenty of them. We'd love for you to have it. And uh, jump in with us for 21 days of prayer. Don't get overwhelmed. Just come to one. 
And then once you come to one, see if you can come to another one, you know. Um, but it is good. It has, it really does kind of change your focus for the year. Zach said it really well um, earlier. It, it puts some things in perspective. And it's good to meet together with the body of Christ and just pray. It's good. So, um, hey, we are able to do what we do here at Four Corners Church and reach our community and uh, support missionaries and all that stuff because of your faithful giving. So if you'd like to give to God through the local church, you can do that online by text or by uh, like in person cash or check. There are some envelopes in the back. Uh, thank you to those who faithfully give. You are, you're making fingerprints around the city, some of which you don't even know about, uh, but you are. And, um, and Jesus is at work and it makes me so excited. I know it does you as well. Hey, would you guys stand up with me? I want to say a prayer for you before you leave. Uh, also, those of you that are part of our prayer team here on uh, the altar prayer, if you guys would come forward, um, uh, I'm going to pray for you. And then uh, if you, as, as we dismiss, if you're in here and you just want prayer this morning, we got a team uh, up here that would love to, to pray with you before we leave. Uh, it can be a need that has to do with uh, just what we shared this morning. It could just be a need that's going on in your own life. It, it is, that, that is what the body of Christ is. You gather together and you, and you pray with one another. And so we have a team that loves you, whether they even know you or not already. They love you and they love to, uh, to, uh, to pray for you. Hey, would you hold your hands out like this? I want to pray for you. Now may the God who gives good gifts expand your capacity today. Your capacity and your awareness to experience his nearness his goodness, and his power to overwhelm and overcome every weakness or perceived weakness in your own life. May you experience his peace today and tomorrow and this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, love you guys.